Welcome to The Doctrinal Component with Tom Nettles, brought to you by Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries is a reformed teaching organization committed to the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of local churches. For more teaching material by Dr. Nettles, please visit founders.org. Hello, this is the next edition of The Doctrinal Component. This is Tom Nettles. Uh, Thank you for joining me in this. And we will continue our study of 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, as we look at this confession, this great confession, that is the mystery of godliness. Uh, now, we looked at the reality that this is a confession that has brought together the church of the living God, and we discussed why it is called the mystery of godliness. But we need to see something about the form of this confession also, uh, we are pretty sure that this is in the form of a hymn, probably something that was sung in the early church. Uh, it has internal rhyme that would make it easy to remember. Uh, this internal rhyme is carried on by six different verbs that are all in the same tense. The word manifested or revealed, and then the word vindicated. And then the word seen. Then the next line, the word proclaimed. And then the next line, the word believed on. And then in the next line, the word taken up. All of these are sort of in the the middle of those phrases, those six respective phrases. They're all in the same tense and they they rhyme. And so this makes it very uh, memorable in uh, a way in which people could say it together and it would have a rhythm to it, it would have a rhyme to it, and it would uh, stick very well in the, the minds of people. Now apparently this six, these six lines uh, are uh, constitute uh, two stanzas of three lines each. Uh, he was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels is the first stanza. And then the second stanza is proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. Now, if we examine this carefully, we, we, ha- we have sort of a key to in- the interpretation of this as we see that it is what is called a chiasm, that it is, it is kind of a, like an, an X shape. The lines of uh, affirmation Uh, merge in the middle and then move out again to the extremities. And so if we were to look at the lines that coordinate with each other, we would see that it begins with the the incarnation. He was manifested in the flesh. And then it ends with Christ being uh, taken up in glory in his his glorified flesh. So those two, the first line uh, is A, then the last line would be actually A prime. The second line, vindicated by the Spirit then, would be coordinated with believed on in the world. On one, we have the work of the Spirit in working in Christ, uh, giving, justifying Him in all of His labor, showing Him indeed to be the Son of God. And then <clears throat> that's line B. Line B prime is believed on in the world. That is the work of the Spirit in vindicating the message of the gospel, bringing about regeneration, bringing about repentance and faith, developing affection for the truth in the hearts of sinners 
so that their response is to turn away from their sin, see the excellence of Christ, see his necessity for forgiveness of sins, and embrace him. And so there's a vindication going on in the life of Christ during his incarnation, and then there is a vindication of his message and his work as he is preached in the world. And so then we have a line C is seen by angels, and immediately it is followed by C prime, proclaimed among the nations. He is seen by angels. They were throughout his ministry. But then the proclamation of the gospel is left up to not angels, but to sinners who have been converted. He is proclaimed among the nations. They saw all of his redemptive activities and announced his redemptive activities, but the proclamation of these things was left to the sinners themselves who have been converted. So the coordinate phrases are, he was manifested in the flesh, taken up in glory, vindicated by the Spirit, believed on in the world, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations. Now let's look at each one of these phrases. We'll take the the first one uh, in this session. He was manifested in the flesh. The first stanza begins with the incarnation of Christ. He appeared in the flesh. Uh, This is something that occurred immediately in the body of the Virgin Mary when in Luke 1.35 we learn that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and at the same time the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so this was the incarnation. This was the point at which Mary was impregnated in which Christ took upon himself our flesh in her body. John says he was made flesh and dwelt among us. The word flesh does not mean just the material, but it means everything that humans are in their flesh, Jesus became. Body, soul, spirit. Colossians 1.22, in talking about how Jesus has redeemed us, says it was done that uh, in the body of his flesh through death. Uh, so we, again, we see the affirmation and the necessity of this fleshly existence of Christ for the sake of the work that he came to do. Then again, we have this affirmation given us in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verses 10 through 14, which says, For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies... And those who are sanctified all have one source. Or it could be, it just says all are one. And I think that it should be all are of one nature. The one who sanctifies, that is, Jesus himself, those who are sanctified have one nature, which means that it is possible for human nature to be perfectly holy, perfectly sanctified, because that's who Christ was. Therefore, by his redemptive work and his giving us the Holy Spirit, He is determined that we too will be sanctified and free from the presence and the power and the possibility of sinning. Then this text in Hebrews continues. This is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. 
and again. I will put my trust in him, and again, behold, I and the children God has given me. Since, therefore, the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil. So the phrase, he was manifest in the flesh or was revealed in the flesh, gives us the first theological point that we are to remember, how necessary it was for the incarnation to occur, how necessary it was for the word to become flesh and dwell among us. And without that, uh, we could not become children of God. Thank you for listening to this edition of The Doctrinal Component. I look forward to our examination of the next phrase in this wonderful Confession of Faith.